Welcome to Bloody Mary's, a queer horror podcast. This episode, we'll be talking about It Follows. I'm that thing that goes bump in the night, Alex. <laughs> and I'm the final girl, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exciting news, we're now on Instagram. You can follow us at Bloody Mary's, with a Z at the end, obviously. Podcast, all one word. Um, some content warnings for this episode. Uh, sex. Uh, which is awful, of course. Um, <laughs> consent, which, which is, is good, a must, um, and sexual assault, boo, also bad. Yes, uh, and uh, obviously uh, discretion is advised. And spoilers. And spoilers. So uh, it it follows. Uh, <laughs> I'm just so I, I wanted to share this story, which you obviously know because you were there. But the first time Alex and I saw it follows, it was at the London Film Festival, and we had no sense of what it was about because there weren't any trailers. We like we hadn't seen any trailers or anything. Mm. And afterwards, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's in my top three funniest moments of all time. I'm not sure how well it will translate. But, um, afterwards, there was a, a Q and A with the director. And uh, this one person, it was just full of like, kind of sad horror nerds on their own, obviously, (laughs) and us. (laughs) Um, And uh, one of them put the hand up for a question was just like, it was one of those kind of like, uh, it's more of a a comment than a question. (laughs) (laughs) But he was just like, I just wanted to say this film was just a real breath of fresh air. (laughs) And And then I said to Alex... That's easy for him to say. <laughs> and then we just lolled through the rest of the queue. <laughs> and it's since become a staple part of our uh, parlance. Exactly. Oh, a real fresh of breath. <laughs> <laughs> um, the film debuted in uh, 2014 at the Cannes Film Festival and was released generally in 2015. It's written and directed by David Robert Mitchell and this was his second full-length film. Uh, the budget for uh, the movie was $2 million, and it made $23.3 million, um, which was considered a very big success for an indie. The uh, writer and director Mitchell said that he based, uh, or the, the inspiration for this film came from, the, from his recurring nightmares of being followed. Um, the sex bit came later. But, the, um, but um, basically, in a nutshell, the plot is uh, that the... This creature that follows you is passed sexually, so you have to have sex with someone to pass it on. Um, and he he said of the plot, when you say it out loud, it sounds like the worst thing ever, <laughs> which is true. But it, it doesn't seem like the worst thing ever when you watch it. Um, filming took one month um, in the autumn of 2013 in Michigan. Uh, there's been, it's quite open for interpretation, but one of the most common ones has been about it being a parable for HIV and AIDS, um, or other STIs more generally. Mm. Um, I found a surprisingly positive review of this film in the Catholic World Report. (laughs) Which says... Your favourite publication. uh, Indeed, yes, I'm an avid subscriber. Um, (laughs) it, um... Uh, and I can't remember who wrote it, but let's say Jesus, just, just for fun. Yes. Um, so the review is as follows. Oh, it follows. <laughs> um, oh. Uh, it follows is terrific fun, but also sends an important message loud and clear. The sexual revolution was supposed to set humanity free, but it further enslaved this culture to its passions, killing us softly. 
something in our society is very, very wrong and selfishness is no longer an option. Um, so the, it, it's kind of been read as like a bit of a morality tale about kind of like uh, kind of casual sex. You don't literally and... get killed by a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always having sex with all the wrong people, Alex. <laughs> um, other less ridiculous reviews have noted that the uh, that there's an intriguing lack of adult figures. Mm. Um, and uh, there's be, there's the, the mother, for example, you mainly just see her kind of from the side or in the background. You never really see yeah. her face very clearly. Um, and the adults are pretty much absent throughout. Mm. Um, Mitchell, the, the director, has said that the kind of their plan at the end, which seems a little bit like doesn't make huge bags of sense. Bags. But bags of That's sense. Great. It doesn't make bags of it. <laughs> um, he said that um, it's kind of intentional. It's supposed to be like a stupid plan made by kids and it's supposed to be like a bit of a sort of Scooby-Doo hair-brained plot to see if it'll work or not, which ultimately it sort of does, but it also goes wrong a little bit. Yeah. The film has been widely praised for its cinematography. Uh, there are lots of very wide-angle views and pans and I think this film really... I, this is the third time I've seen it now. The cinema, obviously, the first time you see something like this is obviously going to be the best, but mm. um, it definitely lends itself to a big screen. Because I, I remember when we watched it the first time, we were kind of watching the background as much as we were the foreground because yeah. of something kind of approaching. And there are, and the tension is much higher when you can see a lot more. A, a lot space. more. Um, yeah, I see that. The, um, uh, so uh, the director wanted it to feel dreamlike, uh, which is why the time frame of the film as in the period that it's set, it's very ambiguous. Um, so it's got very, like, 80s synthy music, mm. but then it's got a lot of kind of weird uh, sort of, uh, like, technology that you can't really place where it's from, from the, like, funny little flip phone that mm. looks like a shell that seems like a scrolly phone, but it's not quite a smartphone. Yeah, but... it's kind of, like, old-fashioned <laughs> and futuristic at the same time. Somehow. Yeah, and she... Um, She's the only one with a mobile phone. The rest of them use house phones. Oh, that's true. Um, some of the cars look like they're from the 60s. Some of them look quite modern. Yeah. And it's supposed to be very kind of yeah. um, Same with the and fashion all, as well. Well, yeah, and all the TV stuff they're watching and the horror film they're watching is like black and white. Yeah. And like the TV looks really old and like, yeah, it's, it, it is hard to place. And I love that. That was one of the questions in the Q&A actually when we saw it at the film festival, specifically about the shell phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you used to calm me yeah. <laughs> The, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it appears in the top 100 horror movies. Uh, there are talks of a sequel. Oh. Um, and apparently the idea for the sequel is that it will trace the origin story of oh. the, the curse. Um, so one of the most iconic scenes, which we were actually quite disappointed with when we saw it again just yeah, now. Weirdly. Is, uh, but it, like, I've seen memes about it online. Like, it was generally regarded as the scariest bit. Is yeah. where the the kind of entity takes on the form of a very tall man who appears behind uh, the sister at the door. And I remember it being absolutely terrifying. It didn't seem so. At the yeah, time. in my head it was like really, really scary and also a lot taller and really had to like almost climb in through the door yeah. frame. I mean, he is a very tall man. He but just yeah, had to stoop. Yeah, I mean, he is a tall man, but it's just a tall man. <laughs> well, I can tell you how tall he is. He's seven foot seven, is he? which is exceptionally tall. Um, That's quite tall. And he is one half of the world's tallest twins. When you put them together, they're just a really tall they're one person. 40, 14 foot 14. <laughs> I suppose that would be 15 foot 2. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so one of the main questions that I had the first time we watched this, which still sticks with me now, sure. is 
does this curse only pass through penis and vagina sex? Yes, that was um, also my thought again. Because, this time. <clears throat> because I was like, well, there's going to be huge swathes of the population that are going to be quite safe from this. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, uh, and other people have questioned whether or not uh, it's passed through if you wear a condom. Um, and Mitchell has kind of tried to stress that it's not a traditional sexually transmitted infection. Yeah. Um, and that it can still be passed through condoms and also through same-sex sex or so non-penis and vagina sex. That's way to clarify that. That's kind of iconic, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's because... I mean, I'm sure you can pick a million holes with, yeah, with yeah. how it works in practice because I always feel like the best way to get away from it would be to... Go and have sex with someone at the on the other side of the world. This hop is on a plane. Exactly my plan. This uh, is what I was thinking. This is your plan. Because yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, what you could do is because it only moves like at the speed of its walking. Mm. So you could go and relocate to the other side of the world for like you know a lot of your life, and then well, actually, you don't need to do it for half of the time it was walking there, and then have sex with the person that would spend the rest of the time walking there. Oh, you just do it straight away and fly back. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Best way. yeah, just yeah. on a holiday, just like a little holiday just, thing. That's the thing, is you, you could just keep yeah. doing that. And like... then even if, like, if you didn't want to spread it too far and wide, you could get, like, sort of like a pen pal system where every, <laughs> uh, like, when it started to get close to them, they'd fly back, give it back to you, and then they'd go back. Or well, just um, to someone else, yeah. Yeah, but it might be, like, a nice long distance thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, your old friends here to kill just, me. Just, just keep ping ponging it backwards and forwards. <laughs> um, uh, there's an interesting bit at the beginning where they are playing a card game, and the card game is old maid, old maid yes. um, or as we called it when we played it, Scabby Queen. <laughs> um, um, and that oh. game is kind of like a metaphor for the whole curse because there isn't really a winner in that game. There's only a loser, and the idea is that you have to just keep. Try, trying to pass on the old maid right. um, and avoid getting it. <clears throat> um, yeah. And uh, there are... Uh, actually, I'll do you a little quiz. Oh, no. Um, you quiz. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> Help me. Um, so how many actors do you think play the entity on the screen that we see? Um, I'm, I'm not spent too long. Seven. Eleven. Is that? It is. Um, and some of them repeat themselves. Yeah. Um, but and then others we see only very briefly, like the little boy who pops his head through the hole. Yeah, I thought that there was a bit where you see him again on the bicycle, actually. But um, on the on bicycle. bicycle. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I didn't anyway. see that. Um, and then uh, the last interesting point is, uh, and the rest of this will just be boring, boring after that. Boring um, as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, this film's been noted for not having a final girl? Because she has like a really active, uh, kind of faithful support group who all believe her and mm, try and help that's her. That's rare. Actually. So they 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 don't really have any stake in it apart from not wanting their friend to die, which is quite a big stake. <laughs> but in terms of like personally, they're not at risk. No. Um, well, they do get beaten up quite a lot, actually. Well, no. Uh, they they do, but well, no, only uh, yeah, Paul. Yeah, and it's only to get him out of the way so that they can get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but they still kind of, like, they kind of form, like, a protective bubble around her. That's sweet, um, yeah. It's sweet. It's very lovely. Um, and that that's that's my facts for now. Facts for now. <laughs> <laughs> the film begins with uh, a young woman uh, running outside of her 
house yes. um, in like a sort of nighty vest thing and yeah. some red high heels. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not the best getaway gear. I don't get that. But anyway, that's an irrelevant point. It's like when uh, where, when your mum would ask you to come and help and bring in the shopping. <laughs> and you just put whichever shoes are nearest the door on. The most fabulous shoes, of course. <laughs> Hang on, I just need to run upstairs and get, get my heels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she seems to be being uh, chased by something that's like an unknown threat of some sort that we don't see at that point. No. And she does this weird kind of loop where she runs out of the house and then just runs around back into the house. Yeah. But her dad's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And then we see her get in the car and she drives off. And then she makes a very kind of emotional phone call or receives a phone call from her dad at the end. Yeah. When she sat on the, at the end. <laughs> then it's the end of the film. The end of the um, film. <laughs> Bye. Uh, when she sat on the beach and uh, she's like, I love you. I'm sorry I've been so mean. Sorry, I'm an asshole. Gotta go now. And then the next thing we see is her mangled corpse, which is uh, her leg is bent back to an obtuse angle. Snapped. Yes. Um, with the high heels still on. With the high Glamorous heels still on. Yeah. <laughs> to the very end. Let's uh, get a drop dead sick. Uh, <laughs> uh, to mangle a quote. For uh, example. <laughs> And it reminds me of that that video of the woman in court who hits oh. the other one with the, the piece of paper. She's, and she's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, so the film begins proper then, and it begins with uh, the main character Jamie or Jay, who is splashing around in the pool. Splashing. And uh, her sister Kelly, uh, who she lives with, uh, has two friends over who are called Yara and Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul is. Probably the most well-known of the cast. He's played by uh, Keir Gilchrist. Gilchrist? Gilchrist? Yeah. Uh, who you may know from United States of Tara. Yeah. And Atypical. Yeah. And he pops up in some other things. Various those are his, other like, places. Yeah. But he's a cutie. And he's good. a cutie pie. <laughs> and uh, he's got a bit of a crush on her. It's very apparent from the beginning. Mm. Um, uh, but she says that she's not going to watch a film with them that night because she is going on a date with her sexy new boyfriend, Hugh. How is it Hugh? Yeah, why? Okay. I thought it was Jeff. Anyway, it is on. Jeff. Because oh, he has a fake name, okay, doesn't sorry. he? <clears throat> yes, carry on. So, Spoiler. Hugh in inverted commas. <laughs> um, so they go on a date to a movie theatre. And there's a bit while, while they're queuing up, they play this game that she used to play, which was, uh, I can't remember the name of the game, but it's where you... You're like, it's like it a, has a name. It's like a people watch. It's like trading places, she uh, calls it. Yeah. Um, and it's where uh, you kind of, if when you're in, when there are lots of people around, you have to choose if you could trade places with anyone around you. You choose that person, and then, uh, but you don't tell them. The other one has to guess who you picked and why. Yeah. And then, so he plays, and she she says, "Oh, it's uh, it's that guy," and it's because he's kind of smooching with a girl, and she's like, "No, it's not him." And it turns out that he's chosen a little boy. Um, and it's because he's got a whole future ahead of him, which is foreshadowing. he can poop himself whenever he wants Oh yeah, if he can poop on demand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, They then go and sit in the theatre, and then she picks someone, and he's looking around, and he's like, oh, it's that, um, it's her. And she's like, who? I can't see anyone. She's like, that girl in the yellow dress there. And she's like, I can't see anyone. And then we see where he's pointing, and there's no one there. It's just like the exit sign. Um, and then he gets really freaked out uh, and says, oh, we need to go, we need to go. Uh, and then they go and have some din-dins. They do. And then 
something happens in between this and the date because they have second. It's on the second date that the sex happens. That's right. But what happens in between? I don't know. Maybe it's just that they, you don't see. They're just kind of like hanging out, and then she's like, they're making out. They're like are they somewhere where they're working at the stars or something. And then she says, "Let's go back to the car." No, but there's a bit in between them going on the second date because she's telling a friend about the first date because she's like, "Oh, he acted really weird." Blah blah. blah. Yeah. But anyway, on the second date. Uh, they end up having sex in his car and, uh, and then afterwards she's kind of lying across the back of the car, like leaning out of the door, playing with a flower, perhaps because she's been deflowered. her actual flower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This fell out. (laughs) Um, and they're kind of talking about stuff. And then all of a sudden, uh, Hugh, if that really is his name, leans over with uh, like a cloth with chloroform on, holds it over her face. Obviously, she panics. Um, and when she comes round, she is strapped into a wheelchair in this kind of big abandoned building. Mm. And he has done this uh, to show so that she believes what he's about to tell him, yeah. which is that he has this thing that follows him. It takes on all different forms. It's very slow. Uh, it's not dumb, but it's very slow. Um, yeah. And it takes on different forms. Sometimes it's someone you know, sometimes it's someone that you don't know. Um, and it will kill you if it reaches you. And the only way to pass this curse on is to have sex with someone. Yes. And he's uh, he still has a stake in this, though, because uh, he if she gets killed, the entity begins following the previous person, so it goes back down the chain. Mm-hmm. Um and once you've been infected with the curse, you can always see the person, even if it's not following you. Yeah. Um, whereas other people who haven't been affected, infected can't. And affected. Mm. And affected. Yeah, so other people can't see the thing. Uh, so he, he looks around until it's approaching so that he can show him. And it's a, it's a naked woman that's walking very slowly over a train track. Mm. And then she ends up walking in and he kind of leaves her there for a while so that she believes that the threat is real and then Wheels takes her away. Scoots her away. And then pulls up in front of the house to drop her off. Kind of <laughs> just, she just kind of slops out of the car. Yeah, she, he kind of poops her out of the car. <laughs> yeah, and says, uh, what does he say? Like, don't let her touch you. Yeah. Or don't let it touch you. Yeah. Um, and her friends, three friends, well, her two friends and her sister have seen this happen. Like, what's wrong? What's wrong? They run over and help her. The uh, the police come. Yeah. But they're just like, was it consensual? And she was like, yes, yes. And it's kind of, I think they're a bit unclear about what what's he, what he's what's done. Um, yeah. And uh, it turns out they can't find uh, this naked woman or, um, or Hugh. No. Uh, the address that she'd never been to, but she knew where it was. Uh, is empty and he's obviously been living there with a fake name. And he's skipped town. And he's skipped town. So uh, we then see... Uh, this is another thing. Like I think their ages are really unclear as well because we see them at school. But is it a high school or is it like a university? Well, that's what I was thinking because like it kind of seems like university, like college. But then when she leaves the classroom, the teacher's like, I'm supposed to be where I'm going! Um, which you wouldn't get at, like, a college or a university. I, mean, I, I think if I was giving a lecture and a student just got up and walked out, I just might be, might, might be like, hello, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm boring you. <laughs> um, but no, maybe not. Um, because, uh, yeah, I guess, that like, they all drive, but that could be a high school. And they have jobs, like, that the, they work in the ice cream parlor, don't they? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Strange. Um, Jay is sat listening to a teacher read a poem 
and uh, she looks through the window and she sees uh, an old woman in sort of like a night, like it looks almost like a hospital, hospital night gown. gown. Yeah. Um, and it looks like she's got like uh, like those like compression things on her legs, you know, yeah. like, like varicose veins or something. Mm, um, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's very, very slowly walking towards uh, the building and is walking directly towards yeah. her and is looking directly at her. So she kind of panics yeah. um, and gets up and, and leaves. And then all of a sudden the woman is in the corridor uh, following behind her and she turns around and she's like, hello, hello. And the people behind her are like, hello. And, and it becomes apparent that they can't see. They can't see grandma. Uh, mm, invisible grandma. <laughs> um, the, what happens then? They, she goes to the ice cream parlor to, to, find, to tell them about what's happened. Um, and like taught them through it, and they're like, "No, no, he's just got oh, yeah. mad." And she's like, "No, the grandma was really spooky." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Paul offers to uh, to stay at the house, and the sister's just like, "No, no, no," because uh, you'll you'll just wake up with him humping your leg, and he's like, "Maybe just on the sofa," humping and she's your just, leg. <laughs> <laughs> and she agrees because she's very scared. Um, and again, this is a time where it seems like the parents are completely Not absent. Her, yeah. um, so she stay, he stays on the sofa. She can't sleep, so she goes down and sits with them. They have quite a tender moment where it turns out that they had been each other's first kiss, oh. but that he's also kissed uh, the sister. The sister. And they're having like a nice little tender moment, and then uh, we hear a smash. Oh. Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that's our soundboard. Paul doesn't see anyone there. He's like, no, it's fine. Someone's just thrown something through the window. It's not fine. It's fine. <laughs> Every it's day like, happens. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just like, and she, uh, he's like, should we call the police? I'll go and wake your sister. And he runs upstairs. Fatal mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, uh, she being Jay, um, uh, goes into the kitchen and sees a woman. I think like she being classic Jay, <laughs> <laughs> and Jay being Jay goes into the kitchen As she is. <laughs> uh, and sees a half naked woman who looks a bit kind of uh, ghoulish, unwell, unwell, yes, and is pissing everywhere, pissing her knickers, yeah. And Jay, after a bit of a delayed reaction, screams and runs uh, upstairs, uh, and then. Um, they hear uh, a rat-a-tat-tatting on the bedroom door. They do. Um, and, uh, yeah, is it Yara or the sister? It's, it's one of the two. Yara. It's Yara. She, um, she's the one with the shallow foam yes. and the glasses. She, uh, she's like, it's me, it's me. And they're like, oh, open the door. But and after a while, she like waits a long time to even bother saying anything, which is so annoying. Well, just suspense, in it. Yeah. <laughs> I know what'll make this Who's there? I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they do open the door, all of a sudden, this seven foot seven, half a twin walks in. <laughs> well, he's a full twin, he's I suppose. He's a full whole twin in his own <laughs> And definitely in the cinema, that got like a huge reaction. Like yeah, it wasn't no, just I mean, us that found it terrified. scary. It was, um, but it just yeah. Maybe we were just expecting it too much because it does kind of come out of the blue. I guess if you're not expecting it. Yeah, um, I was, just, and also like I was literally like preparing myself for that moment, like just waiting <laughs> yeah. for it. I was like, when's it gonna happen? <laughs> so maybe I'd like wear myself up too much. Like if you didn't know about it, it probably would be really terrifying. Yeah. So they. Um, because of this huge tall man, which obviously bearing in mind the others can't see. Yeah. But she uh, she runs off um, and gets on a bike, I think. 
And yeah, she gets on a little bike and rides off uh, to the yeah, park and the sits park. on a swing. And the friends catch up with her. And then her neighbour, who is called Greg, yes, he uh, he's seen her cycling off and then running after her. So he he has a car and he drives uh, after them. And he's just like, um, uh, she's just like, obviously she's a mess. And she's like, I need to find Hugh. I need to like find Ooh. him. Um, and Greg um, uh, says, I'm going to help. Um, I am going to help. And drives them to get away. The, yeah, they drive um, to his old house at the old address. Oh, yeah. So they go to the old address, which is just like, he's obviously just been kind of squatting there. Yeah. Um, and they find a photograph of him. With a girl tucked in. Like, it's, there's a really, it's, this bit's weird for me, because it's like, I mean, like, they find his, like, bedroom, and he's got, like, a stack of, well, they call them play pens rather than playboys, but, um, and there's just, like, those are, like, squished up tissues as he's wanking, and I'm like, what's the relevance of this? <laughs> like, do you think he'd wank away the ghost? <laughs> <laughs> As a ghost. <laughs> Sounds like a placebo album. Yeah. <laughs> wanking away the ghost. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, what, you know, like, I don't know. It's just a strange detail. Yeah. But yeah, and then, yeah, they find the photo of him with the gal. Um, I think they're wearing, like, She's wearing like a cheerleader outfit or something so they can track what school they went to at that point. And then they look through an old yearbook, find out his real name, which is Jeff. Jeff Jeff. Redmond. Um, People. And then they find his real address. Uh, Jeff's mother answers the door. And then uh, the... Oh, that's interesting. Um, Because it says Mm. uh, online Mm. that uh, the... That at this point, Jay realises that the naked woman she had seen coming for her at the beginning was in the form of Jeff's mother. Oh. I didn't, I didn't pick up that on that. That is too, like, much of a stretch. You don't see her noticing that, I don't think. No, I didn't. No, there wasn't. I didn't just, notice her noticing No, that. I mean, she doesn't seem like, well, I mean, yeah. I didn't. Just like, oh, gas. Yeah, I mean, if she'd it's been you. naked and... G- great, great breasts, <laughs> Mrs. Jeff. <laughs> um, so they go and sit uh, on the grass outside of the house. And Jeff is obviously kind of very kind of broken and shaken and explains that uh, he had a one night stand and then it started to pursue him and that, so that he had to pass it on and that it's not a good idea for them to be in such close proximity to each other um, because... Once it gets her, it'll come for him. And then he sees, uh, this is quite a funny moment, where he sees like a, a like oh, a, yeah. a, a young woman in like athletic wear of some sort um, walking towards them. And he's just like, can everyone see her? And they all turn around and just like, yes. yes. And then she just walks past. <laughs> um, the, uh, so Greg, uh, Greg is still the non-believer. All of the other friends believe in yeah. this. Um, or at least give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'd like to make a mo- take a moment now to discuss... I don't understand how Jeff knows all of the, the folklore and the backstory of what the ghost does, or the entity does. Because, like, if he knows... How would he know that it kills you if it touches you? Well, my assumption would be that the person that he had a one-night stand with told him. Oh. Uh, and that the, the folklore is passed with the curse almost. So you're yeah. supposed to tell the person that you... Oh, because he makes well, it just sound like... He, no, but he just makes it sound like he had a one-night stand he didn't know who it was. Um, so... Which could have still be the case. No, but he wouldn't know that then it would kill you if it touched well, you. Well, unless this person that he doesn't know who it was told him. 
But I mean, we don't know that that happened. And we don't know that it didn't. That's true. <laughs> but it just the way he makes it sound is like he just like got it off some random woman who never saw again. Um, but then he knows all the way it works, and like, like I mean, like he, you could figure out that it was all different people, I suppose. But if it touched you, you're gonna die. You wouldn't know. Until yeah, I, 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 I think we're supposed to assume that the folklore is passed along right, with the yeah. curse. Um, the uh, so then uh, Greg drives them to uh, his family's lake house, uh, which looks a little bit bleak actually. Yeah. Um, and they're all just sat um, sat around. Uh, they teach Jamie how to shoot a revolver. Yeah, thinking that maybe she can shoot this entity. Um, and then uh, Yara's uh, floating around in the sea. <laughs> yeah. Um, the others are just sat on deck chairs. Uh, Greg runs off to do a little wee, and uh, Jamie is sat with her back to the to the, the land and is facing Rocky out to sea. Error. And we, as viewers, can see a woman in like a vest and knickers yeah. uh, approaching. They're always in their underwear or in like nightwear. Yeah, aren't they? I wonder whether it's like when they were having sex, like. Or well, no, because they're, oh, they're the not. They're not representing people who've got had the curse. We don't know. I mean, well, some of them are people that they know, but some of them could be people who. But the even curse. the people that we do know are just still in there, and I think it's more of an aesthetic decision. I think it's uh, the people that are in the curse. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that we made this this important point. <laughs> um, the uh, so she approaches, and the others can't see her. But she, uh, but Jamie doesn't realise that she's there until it starts pulling her hair and kind of like pulling her up by her hair. Yeah. And then obviously they can all see that the, the hair's being pulled up. But handily, Greg is not here at this point. Mm. He's doing his wee. Yeah. Um, and they, um, they try to, she throws her deck chair at the thing and they see that it hits something. Yeah. And then uh, Paul runs around and then gets thrown um, like really fast, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they all run off into the lake house and lock the door. Yeah. Um, and Greg comes back, and the the bottom part of the door is like smashed in. Yeah, the the entity is smashed um, the bottom door in. That's which is that, that's, that's how this whole thing started. <laughs> um, uh, so the the bottom of the door has been smashed in, and. Uh, Greg is just like, why, what are you doing? Oh, 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 oh no, actually. <laughs> um, I missed a bit, which is that uh, Jamie's firing shots at this from the door. Uh, yeah. And he's ducking because he obviously can't see that she's shooting at something and it's towards him. And he's like, stop shooting, stop shooting. And he still doesn't believe that this is a thing at the moment. Mm. Uh, whereas the others all now have very concrete proof that it is. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he approaches the door, but then like this little boy uh, that looks... Like he's the most like zombieish looking of the mm. the entities, kind of poke like crawls through the hole. Yeah, um, and you know my scariest thing in horror films is when people crawl. <laughs> I think you're saying that people poke things through holes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my. <laughs> yes, no, I'm very averse to crawling, especially crawling at pace. Uh, that is my scariest. <laughs> um, the uh, so they then run off, and she, uh, Jamie, that is, uh, runs. Uh, head jumps in the car, drives Ooh. off. The others kind of chase by foot, but then she cr- she swerves to avoid a, a, a van or a lorry that comes out yeah. and hits a post at the side of the road and wakes up a l'hôpital. Yes, and she's got a little a little little, little, little bandage. Little <laughs> she's she's done herself a mischief on the side of her face, and she's got like an arm cast thing. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, she, when she wakes up, uh, everyone is around her, including her mother, but they're all asleep. 
Um, Do you see her mum? Yeah. Oh. I think it's her mum. Well, the, I remember the two boys being there, but I don't remember the mum. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, I think they're all like sleeping on the windowsill, and then the boys are sleeping next to each other at the foot of the bed. Ah. Um, the, uh... That makes me just sort of thinking, like, I wonder what happens if you have a double penetration. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> well, maybe, I mean, maybe that's worse, because then the curse splits. <laughs> Just please keep it to one person at a time. <laughs> um, <laughs> herd immunity. <laughs> Just yeah, a big gang bang. Huge gang bang. us all. <laughs> or can you? <laughs> um, the, uh, so she, uh, she decides to have sex with Greg. And in the evening, uh, in the hospital bed, they have sex together. And I guess Greg Greg is willing to have sex for two reasons. One is that he is a horny teenage boy. <laughs> and the other is that he doesn't really believe it. Yeah. So he doesn't really perceive there to be any risk with it. Um, uh, afterwards, it's very clear that everyone else knows that they've had sex to pass yeah. this on. And Paul looks very crestfallen and sad. Crestfallen. Um, with his beautiful, beautiful, thank you. With his beautiful, just made it up just now. <laughs> um, and he looks sad with his little sad face. He does look sad with a sad face, yeah. yes. Um, he does do good sad face. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, uh, so a, a, a few days later, Jay's just like, still nothing's happened. Like, let's just see. Obviously, like, the curse is broken. She's not convinced. Yeah. Um. And then uh, one night she's in a room and she looks out and uh, Greg lives across the road. Mm. And she sees what she thinks is Greg walking in some sexy little long john underwear yeah. sort of nightwear. Um, and she thinks it's him, but then she realises because he picks up a, a brick or a rock or something and throws it through the window. Yeah. And then climbs through with his little bum. And he um, thick ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she obviously then realises that, uh, that it's the entity. Um, but this is the point where we find out that nobody else has a mobile phone because she uses a landline. He doesn't answer the family phone. So she runs over, uh, knocks on the door. Nobody wakes up. So she climbs through the window, goes upstairs and sees uh, what looks like his mother uh, in a nighty with wipes out. Wipes out again. Banging on the door. She stops and looks at Jamie, but then turns back around and keeps banging. And he opens the door thinking it's the mother. The mother like kind of pounces on him. And then by the time she comes, uh, Jamie comes into the room, he's lying on the floor dead and she's on top, the mother is on top of him, like kind of humping him. him. Yeah. Um, And there's like weird like strobe effect at this point. I don't really like just to be like, he's getting his life sucked out of it or something. Yeah. It's not really clear. It's not a great death actually. No. Um, The, um, so then, uh, so she, uh, she runs away. Yeah, she so she flees by car, spends the night outdoors. Yeah, and then is at the she's at the beach. beach. Um, and I feel like there's some significance about bodies of water in this film, but I don't know quite what it is. Oh yeah, they do feature. Don't yeah, they? there's a swimming pool, beach, uh, swimming pool, the beach. little the, the little <laughs> swimming pool in her garden. Yeah. Um, Little cups of water that they drink. They drink drinks. <laughs> they <laughs> and cry their tears. Their bodies are made of mostly water. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. So she uh, she spots uh, some men, three men, yeah. on a boat, and she obviously has a brainwave. Uh, takes off uh, her clothes so that she's just wearing her undergarments. And starts, it looks like a swimsuit, actually, yeah. weirdly. Anyway, <laughs> and starts uh, walking out into the sea. And then next thing we see is that she uh, 
she's got wet hair and she's in the car driving back. And the assumption here is that she's had sex with one or all of At the least men. one. Um, but it's left ambiguous, so we don't know. We but, don't know. But um, she, uh, Paul is then, then when she's back, is offering to have sex with her. I think mainly because he just wants to have sex with her. I really but, want um, to have sex with you. I don't care if we're dying. <laughs> um, and they have, uh, they've kind of shut themselves in the... Uh, their bedroom at that point. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to my words. Um, uh, because she, I, I guess that the assumption is that she hasn't told them about the curse, so they're probably not going to live very long. Oh, right. So that then the curse will come back to her. So she's killed time, is all she's done. Mm. Um, the uh, So then they do come up with a plan to kill it. Yes. Uh, which is to lure her into a swimming pool with Westham and Pal. Do you know another lovely, brilliant horror film that ends in a swimming pool? The Swam and Pal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think. Go. Let's... Let the right one in. Uh, I'm sure there's a few, actually. Yeah, there's anyway. a, the, yeah but uh, the... Also, Unbreakable ends with a swimming pool. I believe. I don't think Swimming Pool is definitely future in horrors, don't they? But the best one is Let the Right One. Okay. okay. Is, uh, we should do Let the Right One on. I don't know. La, 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 la. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. <laughs> um, the, uh, so the plan is that Jay will be in the middle of the pool, and all around the pool are electrical devices that are plugged in, including a typewriter, which I think is part of this yeah. kind of anachronistic, like... What period is this? Yeah, yeah. It's almost kind of like steampunky. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, the uh, I think he said cyberpunk. <laughs> um, and the idea is that she will lure the entity into the pool, lure, <laughs> and then quickly get out, and they'll throw all of the appliances in, and it'll be electrocuted like Jaws. Yes. Um, but it doesn't quite work. Uh, and that is because of what follows, yes, which is which is next. It follows. It follows. Um, so uh, the thing appears, and we don't see it at first. And she, uh, they're like, "What does it look like?" And she won't tell them. And we find out later that the reason that she's not telling them is because one of them is her sister, and we can assume that her dad is dead. Yeah, and it's taken on the form of her dad. He's quite hot actually, yeah, and he's wearing a uh, little vest daddy. and pants, a real daddy. And he... Kill me, daddy. <laughs> and she, um, she, Paul makes her point at the, uh, at the entity, daddy entity, <laughs> spoopy daddy, um, uh, so that they can see where he is. And he starts throwing the appliances in himself, which I guess goes back to the beginning when uh, Hugh slash Jeff said, it's slow, but it's not dumb. Yeah. Um, so it's like it can kind of it has the capacity to think it's not like a zombie yeah um, and uh, so it's throwing stuff that's kind of setting off little sparks but also one of the things hits her as well yeah um, and they realise the plan wasn't going to work at this point because she doesn't get electrocuted <laughs> yes <laughs> like uh, yeah um, yeah it's completely flawed <laughs> yeah. uh, so they uh, one of them throws a I think maybe that's after Yara's shot so uh, Paul is shooting in the direction of where he believes this thing to be, based on what she's pointing at. Yeah. And uh, Yar is behind and gets shot. And yeah. Falls. His hand gets and... shot off as well. It's kind of like an amazing bloody splash on the wall. His hand gets shot off? The entity. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I completely missed that. Mm. Um, the uh, So the, the sister, Kelly, throws like a sheet yeah. in the direction of it so that you can see where he is. Um, and... 
What happens? He shoots it directly in the head and it falls in the pool. Um, like, and then she's oh. still in the pool. And she's so like, she's trying ah! to swim out, but then it grabs her leg. Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of blindly shooting into the pool in the direction of where she is because the blanket's no longer there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she, yeah, and he gets, it. gets him. He, she swims out. Yeah, it's weird that, like, the second time it's shot in the head, it dies. Like, why? But anyway, her. <laughs> well, I guess the question is, though, does it? Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and then they're like, oh, can you still see him? Because obviously they can't see him. And then she looks into the water very slowly, and it's full of blood. Yeah. So we can assume that this thing is kind of like a physical being rather than just a... Yeah. Um, a little ghosty. So it seems to be dead anyway. Then... Uh, Cut to Jay and Paul having sex, uh, thinking that everything's fine. <laughs> but it was and then... I was like, Jeff and Paul have sex? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, del- a sexy deleted scene. Um, <laughs> um, and then... Uh, yeah, that's some really like, sad-looking sex. Yeah, it's quite oh, depressing. Wow. This wasn't worth the wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Paul driving through uh, a town of some sort, passing uh, sex workers at the street on the side of the street. Uh, yeah. Again, we don't see anything happen, but we can assume maybe that he's paid to have sex with them to pass it on, which seems yeah. a little bit cruel that's to cool. pass it on to the most vulnerable people in society, but never mind. Um and then the final scene is we see uh, Jay and Paul holding hands, uh, walking down the street, still not looking delightedly yeah, happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then in the background, you can see a figure that's following them from yeah. quite a distance. But it could just as easily be someone just It could just be someone normal. Oh. oh. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> um, and then that's the end of the film. That is the end of our film. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's uh, talk. Oh, let's talk about representation. Might as well, um, <laughs> just for a change. Um, this, I don't think we're going to have an awful lot to say about this, really. No. Um, in terms of uh, gender and women, there are, um, there are lots of women. Passes the Bechdel test. Yes, uh, is generally good. Yeah. Um, all of the women characters are good. Yeah, they're quite kind of strong and brave. And yeah. Like... If anything, uh, Paul is the most kind of like timid. Yeah. But he's also but he's also very strong as well. He's very um, strong. Oh, very, very big, brave. big brave boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I guess there could be a very like unfeminist reading of the whole film, though. Well, because all the of... women are naked all the time, and then there's only one naked man. <laughs> No. Uh, uh, oh, actually, we didn't mention the naked man on the roof in the uh, plot. No. But there's a naked man on the roof uh, in the plot. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but maybe that. But also just the idea that... Um, just the whole nature of the curse um, and the kind of... Uh, how much more shame she carries around from having it than he did. He was quite happy to manipulate someone into... Having sex with her, Hugh, that is. Yeah. And she's kind of carrying this shame around as if well, it's her own I mean, he comes off worse. So like, he seems like an awful dick face. Um, he does, but it's it's not a very... I guess you could... I, I mean, I don't know what the, the reading would be, but I could see that uh, yeah. it could be read as a very unfeminist kind of slant. I don't know. Maybe. And like, there's the bit where he's like, well, it'll be easier for you to lose it because you're, oh, yeah. you're a woman. Um, uh but ultimately, I think the the women are represented well. They are well represented. Um, 
which unfortunately can't be said for people of colour. Nope. It's a very white film. All of the main characters, all the named characters are white. Um, you see some people of colour in her school. Yes. Uh, including the teacher. Yeah. Um, very briefly. Very, very briefly, but not enough to say that this is a, a diverse film. And none of the entities are of colour, actually. That's... No. Entities of colour. Entities of colour? <laughs> no, they're all, they're all white entities. Um, <laughs> queer representation? No. No. But again, there could be a queer reading Go on. about this. And it's, again, it's about guilt and shame around having sex and about if someone is, like, closeted or kind of uh, internalises a lot of the kind of prejudice they face, then, uh, for like, for a lot of queer people, I guess, first encounters might feel kind of shameful, depending on your upbringing. Sure. Um, again, maybe clutching at straws. Yeah, but, strawsies. Um, <laughs> and also, there have been lots of uh, parallels with uh, the... HIV AIDS crisis, oh, yeah. which obviously disproportionately affected queer people. So I guess there's another reading there. But in terms of actually named gay characters or LGBT characters, no. there aren't any. And I can kind of see why, because I think it would complicate the plot. Yeah. Uh, because the plot relies on... Um, that's not to say that straight people don't sleep with queer people. So it could be passed to... like. Yeah, so Hugh could have slept with a bisexual woman, for example. Yeah. Or with a trans man. But then... You think, is it about penis and vagina? That was definitely the, my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, that was like, um, like loads of what I was thinking about. Like, where is the line drawn with sex? Is it like, you know, does it have to be penetrative? Like, you know, like, you know, lots of people classify sex differently. I know I do, but it's just like, yeah. it's so like, Like, if you, you just know, have a little, like, handy J in the bus stop, uh, yeah, is that... <laughs> is that enough? <laughs> little, uh, just a quick blozzer. Um. <laughs> it's just what you're going, ah, oh, do I classify this as... <laughs> As a rule book. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably quite welcome it if this particular entity was homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that doesn't count. Is that? Well, fine, good. I mean... <laughs> um, no, thank you. Fit <laughs> one <what> ally. <laughs> uh, and disability, there's no... No. Uh, there's no references to that either. So I, it's not a... But again, not all films have to be these bastions of representation, but there could have been more people of colour in it. Yeah, um, there's no reason for that. Yeah. Um, the uh, Should we do the... Uh, also, uh, uh, something unrelated, but that I thought was, um, did the, um, the... The pace of the way... I'm just thinking about when we were doing Dawn of the Dead and we spoke about whether the fast zombies or the slow zombies are scary. Mm. And we unanimously agreed that the speed is what makes the contemporary zombie films scarier. Mm. But in this one, I mean, I didn't find it this scary watching it this time, but at the cinema, I was shitting myself. Mm. And I think it's because you're constantly watching, expecting something to emerge from the, like, shadows in the corner or something. Yeah. Um, but this, the pacing of this is part of the scariness, I think. Yeah. Because it means that they don't, the entity doesn't immediately stand out in a crowd. Yeah. Um, and it could be anyone. Yeah, I, I like that it was slowly, but it is, it's kind of confusing because, like, it doesn't seem to be constantly walking because there's, like, so there's periods of, like, a week or something where it's not around. It's like, 
was it doing? Just like a hobby or something? <laughs> but <laughs> is that because it was making its way from the lake house, though? Yeah, but it got to the lake house really fast. You know. Well, we just... don't know how much time had passed, though. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of kind of unknowns about the way that it moves and what it's doing. Like, I just kept, kept thinking, like, maybe it has other things to do. Sort of... <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's got hobbies. Yeah. It's, life doesn't revolve around revenge. <laughs> it's a very multi-dimensional uh, entity. Um, the. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I think it's like one of these films, like uh, like The Orphanage, or more so like something like Sixth Sense, whereas if you pick too many holes in it, it will absolutely crumble apart at the seams. Sure, sure. But it is, it, it's such an original uh, concept. Yeah, um, I love it. And it, the thing that I like, right, so you could say it's a real brush of froth I, I would actually <laughs> say the brush of froth But um, no, the, um, the thing that I kept being confused about was whether it had to move through, phys- it was physical and it had to move through physical space, but it does because it has to break windows yeah. and stuff to get into things. Um, but I just like, I, yeah, you, it's like hard to tell for some of the things because like, it's outdoors, I suppose, so you don't know. But yeah, it's it's interesting. The the other thing I kind of thought was, it doesn't like, does it take the most direct route to get to you, or does it follow <laughs> your? So you know how like if you're being chased by a crocodile, you're supposed to run yeah, in zigzags yeah, yeah, because yeah. it it uh, handy top tip for the listeners there because uh, because it follows the exact line that you've taken rather than yeah. going from like A to B. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure it, it does. Yeah, I don't know, as the crow flies. Yes. Because um, like, if not, you could run away from it just being like, wee, like doing yeah, circles. <laughs> but still being really close to it but it just has to follow it. I suppose if it is physical, you could just really like, come, like get a like steel door and just be like, well, fuck you, you can't get through that. Can yeah, you? and I guess I'm never leaving ever again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be a great that'd solution. Be great. <laughs> can't wait to the full yeah. that Because also, I think when I watched it for the first time, I thought when she saw the boat... Her idea was, what if I'm in the middle of the sea? Yeah. Not, what if I have sex with these three men? Yeah, I also, like, it was, it was stupidly, like, my mind was on anything. Like, I wonder if it can get into the sky. Like, you could even on a plane just flying around all over the place. I mean, you'd have to stop to get some gas at <laughs> some point. Catch up with the plane. <laughs> um, and also, it, it swims at the end, though, doesn't it? Oh, uh, well, it goes in the water, I guess. Yeah, it must be swimming. Anyway, um, yeah, because, I mean, I guess if you went into the middle of the choppy ocean... Oh. Um, maybe it would be maybe a shark or a cruise, <laughs> a lifelong cruise. <laughs> maybe that is the way around. Yeah. Um, um, or a hot air balloon. Cooey, <laughs> I see you. Get me high. Something's going down. Um, shall we do the uh, the awards? Yes, surely. I live for the awards, awards, awards. I live for the awards, awards, awards. So the awards. Um, the who was your favourite character? Um, it's a, obviously a minor character as always. Um, it is uh, the little old man playing the Bond Tempe in the old-fashioned cinema. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> uh, my best character is the naked man on the roof. Oh yeah, uh, he's 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 a really he's a great presence. Uh, what do you think was the spookiest moment? Well, I'm surprised it wasn't the uh, the guy spooping through the door um, this time. This time I found the grandma um, quite scary, actually, because it's like the first time she experiences it, and mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, like, she just has quite a haunting vibe about her. Yes. 
I agree. So I, I tried to think of it, what did I find scariest the first time around? And it was definitely the tall man. Yeah. But also the grandma was scary as well, her first walking slowly bit. Finding scary um, and the bit that I thought was a bit scary this time was the little boy who crawls through the, the door. Yeah, yeah. He just looks a bit more like ghoulish than the rest of them. Mm. Uh, what did you think was the funniest moment? Um, my funniest moment is when they're all like really mournfully looking out to the sea and then <laughs> out of shot um, in, the, in the sea, Yara just scoots in on like a pink inflatable. Like, <laughs> Come on, guys, get in the water! <laughs> yeah, that is good. Um, yeah, I was a bit pushed. It's not, I mean, it's not a lol fest, is it? But um, I, I did like the bit where... Um, they were all sat around in the grass and Jeff was just like, can you see that person approaching? And they're all just like, yes. I thought you could see the bit about Yara doing a fart. Oh yeah, Yara does a fart at the beginning. Uh, she really does a little bit. <laughs> um, so best death? Well, I think, I, I mean, like we said, there's like hardly any deaths. Is, is there any two? Yeah. Yeah, so I think the best death is actually the first girl where you see With her leg like, snap back. Because at that point you don't know what it is and like what it, like, what it entails and like you're just like, oh my god, what's happened to her? Yeah, it's also a, um, like it's cool, her leg being snapped back. Like yeah. it's unused with her little red heel. Okay. Um, yes, <laughs> I agree. Heel. Which by proxy means that the worst death is... Greg's death. Yeah. With Mumsy Sexy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a disappointing death because it's because of the build-up we've seen. Yeah. Um, and because we know what the body of the first woman looked like after... Like it seemed like it would be more like gruesome or brutal. Well, I guess we don't know what happened after, but like after so she didn't hang around, did she? No. Um, but I mean, yeah, and it's it's sort of like disappointing as well because well, I guess you just don't know what's happening. But like, I just wish there was a bit more mystery. Like the fact that she sees like the mum just like sitting on top of him, like writhing around, looking kind of sexual. Um, but like, I wish there was more mystery around his death. Like, yeah. you didn't need to see it. I wish she'd sort of run away and not seen it. Or like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, the uh, what do you think the queerest moment is? Well, I mean, like we've already talked about it, but I just like the absence of the understanding around what the what sex is, like in terms of just like what category it is, and sort of like making you think about that. I think is the queerest for me, mm. but. No, that's it, really. <laughs> yeah, I struggled with the queer moment in this. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I do think, and I think this is just because we've seen him portray gay characters before, but I do mm. think uh, Paul has, like, quite an inher- inherent queerness about him. Yes, yeah, I think because he's, like, he's just, like, very soft and gentle and, yeah. like, kind. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't relate that to heterosexual <laughs> men. <laughs> um, uh, who do you think is the sexiest character? Of course, it's Paul. Yeah, I love Paul. Although, uh, Greg in his long johns. Yeah, um, his juicy thick ass. Yeah, climbing through Ooh. the window. He could, climb through, <laughs> he could smash my back window in, if you know what I mean. And climb in. And climb in <laughs> in his little long johns. And then Jamie could follow. <laughs> um, one thing, aside from the awards, 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 is... Uh, I read something that said that it could be seen as a... That this idea of guilt and shame could be about the the kind of... And this could is why we said content warning for sexual assault at the beginning. Mm. Is uh, potentially about um, the, the way in which women specifically kind of uh, hang on to guilt and shame after sexual assault. Mm. Which, although the sex itself was consensual at the beginning, he did then 
drug her and strap her to her. So there was an element of assault about that sexual experience. Yeah, well, essentially it's murder, isn't it, really? Like, it's, um, like, it's, it could be, like, yeah, it seems like it is an act of violence to have sex with someone to die, sort of, because of it. Yeah. Um, Um, so, yeah, there was, there, there was a reading that I read about it which said that it could be about the shame that people carry around after being a victim of sexual assault. Yeah, I see that. Um, as do I. Yeah. Um, and on that cheery note, shall we give award this pumpkin? <laughs> I meant to bring that up earlier, not, not during the awards. <laughs> um, well, I do love it, and I'd forgotten quite how much I love it, like the soundtrack and how it mm. looks, and like... Yeah, it's a lovely just, looking film. Yeah, it's, it's, it's iconic. And, and like we were saying, actually, like a little bit was like talking about that kind of like timeless but almost it does feel kind of 80s um but also timeless and that kind of like that kind of retro kind of horror sound effect kind of like i can't help but think that a lot of it influenced what happens with stranger things and a few other oh, films sure. I, that came afterwards that kind of had that kind of 80s but like timeless yeah. vibe um i don't think it's the first one that features like the missing parents but like it, you know in terms of just the absent parents but that is that is a thing that i think like it was quite kind of like important about it i also think the idea of absent parents is is i think it does happen in slasher films but i think it's more prominent in like children's fiction yeah, that's true um yeah. like most like kind of iconic children's characters their parents are dead or have abandoned them, or they've yeah. got to go and live with someone else. And I think it's a real and the and the idea is as a as a child reader, you're supposed to be like, oh, children can do you know they can deal with these things mm. alone in intelligent and creative ways, and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting to see, and I think that's interesting thinking about the way that uh, Mitchell, the director, said about the kind of Scooby Doo yeah. plan, where they they've come up with a very flawed plan, which they realise is flawed as soon as it goes wrong. Yeah. But that's because they're a group of kids trying to solve a problem that's way bigger than they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, um but that was just, <laughs> just divergent from the actual yes. Pumpkins moment. Yes, distracting uh, from <laughs> the, the all important pumpkins. Um so I think I'm gonna give it four out of five pumpkins because I love that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it four and a half. Okay. And not just because I always like to be more generous than you. Well, you've been less generous in the past occasionally. That's true. Um, I, I I think um, I, I I I think about my response to it when I first saw it, mm. and I remember walking away thinking it's very rare that if there's like a sort of I hate to use this cliche term, but like a, a cult, breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh air. <laughs> um, like uh, sometimes a horror film comes along that feels like a bit of a genre reset. Yeah. And this definitely felt like that for me. Yeah. Something like Get Out did the same thing. Yeah. Like, and it, they're very, very rare films where it's like this is a genius film yeah, and the yeah. concept is brilliant. It looks beautiful. Um, and it, it has been an influential film, I think. I um, think. But also, it's kind of flown over, flown under the radar a bit. I don't think it's ever got the kind of not flown over the radar, not flown over the radar, no. <laughs> somewhere over the radar. Um, I think it doesn't necessarily get. I think critically, it probably does, but I think in terms of like mass popularity, it doesn't have the. I was saying that we did watch it on iPlayer just now, but yeah. um, like I, I wish it was a more. I wish it was kind of like the film that came to people's minds when they were talking about iconic, important horror films. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I don't know. It does feel like it's kind of like, because it's indie, it does feel like that kind of vibe. But I'm not sure how true it actually is. Like, because I feel like a lot of people have seen it, but maybe it's just like 
horror fans and those are the people I talk to about horror. So. Yeah. But I, I think, I feel like when I see people talk about like recent brilliant horror films, and that was 2015 when it came out properly, so it's not like mm. a long time ago, it doesn't come up on the list. Like, I think you'd be more likely to hear The Orphanage appear on a list from someone quite recently, which isn't as an original a film, although I think it's better. But, um, yeah, anyway, I think it's a really important, brilliant film. So four out of five pumpings from me. Yes, uh, four from me. Congratulations. Yes, well done. Um, so now it's time for the spooky... Um, and... Um, <laughs> And inspired by uh, the spooky tall man who was half of a twin in real life, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I decided to talk a little bit about uh, shadow people. Um, might as well. Might as well. Who mm. are, um, well, I'm about to tell you who they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all ears. <laughs> so a shadow person who's also known as a shadow figure, shadow being, or black mass, um, is oh, uh, I watched a documentary about this recently. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like I think it was like an Amazon Prime one. You know where it's made on like a budget of six pounds. Yeah, I'm familiar. <laughs> still loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like the perception of like a shadow as a living thing or like a humanoid thing, and uh, like as a spirit or an entity um, that's believed to be supernatural or paranormal. Um, the shadow people myth or like folklore or mister myth or mister uh, it seems to be mainly mifters actually um but um, <laughs> um this is through history like uh, various religions and legends and belief systems or like talk about the shadow figures um but uh, it was recently popularized and came back into uh, like uh, modern consciousness through uh, an American late night talk show called Coast to Coast AM, who did a show in 2001 asking people to write in about their experiences. And they were overwhelmed with the responses of like people with their drawings and their stories about them. Um, there's a specific subset of shadow people called um, the Hat Man. No, it just came to me. I don't. I don't plan my brilliance. And who I only recently discovered. And the hat man is described as like being tall and thin, with a trench coat and glowing red eyes, and a fedora hat, which I I wrongly thought was actually going to be a top hat. So people say they experience... Fedora's pretty camp, isn't it? I know. <laughs> it's like Quentin Crisp wore a fedora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so people say they usually experience them at night, staring from dark corners or through doorways or from closets. Um, and his visits usually accompanied by sleep paralysis and a general feeling of dread. Um, there's a lot online about the hat man, and um, there's a whole <laughs> hat man, <laughs> um, and um, and there's a whole website actually um, called the Hat Man Project, um, which sadly looks like it's not very well looked after. Website, and the last update was 2015. Um, but I did go through uh, millions of them, <laughs> trying to find one that was uh, particularly funny. Um, uh, this one might not be, but the title <laughs> of it made me laugh, or slash made me spooked, which was like, It's not Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> then who is it? <laughs> is it a bird? Is it Grandma? <laughs> well, it's not Grandma, so we know that much. Yeah. 
Um, so now this is a first-hand experience of, of the story of It's Not Grandma, uh, anonymous author. Um, so, my experience with the hat man was when I was 18 and living with my grandparents in California. I don't particularly remember... Uh, this is written, so I'm going to say it how it is, even though it's rubbish. Um, I don't remember and an unusual circumstance in my life. Um, <laughs> but this was over 20 years ago. Um, oh, that was the other thing I forgot to say, that it actually the hat man usually appears when there's some kind of um, disturbance in your like personal life. Like, well, like, like a tall man with a hat coming yeah. in the <laughs> <laughs> Like stress or like family traumas and things mm. like that. They usually accompany his, his arrival. Mm. Um... Uh, he also goes on to say, I can say that I wasn't on drugs or taking any over-the-counter meds, and was sober. Um, <laughs> I was, however, asleep. Um, <laughs> it was, however, a dream. Um, <laughs> um, it says, but I don't believe it was sleep paralysis. I'll explain why. <laughs> like, I'll explain why. Oh. Um, so don't get ahead of yourself. Um, uh, I'm usually a heavy sleeper and do not wake in the middle of the night. I also don't like to sleep with the door open. Um, I make it a point to shut the door. Good. Um, my gram uh, sometimes will crack the door to check on my, um, but closes. Thought you said you didn't take any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but closes it again when she is satisfied that I am comfortably asleep. Asleep. That's creepy. Yeah, or have made it home okay. If, if I am home after she has gone to bed and she wakes up in the middle of the night. Um, so I say this because this particular middle of the night... <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this person getting the Pulitzer for uh, beautiful, fluent writing. And also I say because it was on a night and it was there. It was also a middle of a night. Um, and I hear someone at my door and that the door is being pushed open. I'm waiting to see my gram peeping through with the hall light in the background. This doesn't happen. The door is acting weird, like it is pulsing open very slowly. My adrenaline... <laughs> um, my adrenaline starts to kick into overdrive, and I think, okay, buddy, the only way I'm getting out of this is to surprise the SOB. <laughs> um, so I hop up. <laughs> That's very menacing. <laughs> I'm going to surprise it with a, a gentle gay hop. <laughs> uh, leap over my bed and rip the door open, ready to smash through whoever is standing on the other side. Probably still grandma. Smash through? What does that even mean? I'm going to smash through you. <laughs> there isn't anyone there. Uh, what I do see down the hallway is a shadow of a man with a hat and a trench coat leaning over my grandfather who's asleep in bed. Why was he in the hall? I, oh, uh, we could probably see door, through an open door. Yeah. <laughs> and granddad was just sleeping in the, the corridor, in the corridor <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm confused because I'm wondering how that person got from my door down the hallway like that and I panic and start screaming, Grandma! Grandma! <laughs> that reminds me of the witches which are just watching. Grandma! <laughs> she wakes up and turns the light on. The shadow disappears. I run into the room and look into the walk-in closet in the bathroom, yelling. There was someone in the room. No one there. Why did he yell into the cupboard? Hello! <laughs> are you here? <laughs> um, I don't remember my grandfather saying anything to me, but my grandmother said, Okay, it's over. Try go back to sleep. <laughs> Um, there 
And then what does the heel on to say? I don't know if it's a nice or unsettling thing to know there are so many others who've seen the same thing. I brought this up in conversation about ghosts, and I felt like I was the only one who had had this experience, other than my mother, who claims to have seen a shadow kid in bunny ears uh, when she was a little girl. I feel although... They're called uh, bunny ears? <laughs> yeah, they're not... Well, uh, yeah, they're... they're, they're yeah. What are they called? <laughs> Inverted commas. That's it. Um, well, yeah, some of them call them bunny ears. Anyway, yeah. Bunny quotes. She calls speech marks, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> and then, I thought you meant she saw a young shadow figure child in, in bunny, bunny ears. <laughs> but that does sound scary. <laughs> Um, I feel that although it was a, sh- a shadow of a man, I didn't get the impression it was a ghost. But I don't know, spelled IDK. I feel like the shadow of man after hearing this. <laughs> Poor <I> English. I <laughs> <laughs> thank God I haven't had another experience to compare it to. Thank God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, 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 have you had any shadow <laughs> men? <laughs> um, well, I, I'm interested What if there's a connection between Hattie Man and uh, the Slenderman. <laughs> yes, uh, I think it does sound like Slenderman. Um, uh, well, yeah, there's so many different types of shadow people and Hat Man is only one of them. <laughs> also, it reminds me a little bit of the Babadook. The, ba- the baby duke. <laughs> and also the gentleman from uh, Buffy. Buffet. Do they wear well, They wear bowler They wear suits. Oh, no, um, not bowler But no, they're just bowed. Um, and the floating man on the Haunting of Hill House. Yes. He's got a was... bowler hat and he's got like a long stick. That, yeah, he has also, the hat man has a stick sometimes um, in some of the stories I read. Um, and yeah, it, it actually was mentioned that the Haunting of Hill House sort of recreated his image oh, really? in the film. He the, was really good at that. Actually. Yeah, he was well stumpy. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that it's kind of like generally tied with like night terrors. and also Especially the, because the, the most common figure is a woman. For mm. Night Terrors, who's the like witch on your, that's chest. on your chest or your back? It's so weird that, that that's such a common thing, though, that people think of. But I mean, like, because I, well, I've like, had it. Yeah, I, but you said you'd heard of it before, and so yeah, you I kind of talked myself into it. Yeah, but I couldn't move. I, know, uh, I was having night terrors, but um, I mean, like, I always wake up in the middle of the night and see things in my room. It's just like because I just like generally hallucinate. Um, yeah, actually, I didn't tell you last night. I thought you thought you were in the corner of my room, just looking on your phone. I had to shine my my torch on it to stop it happening. <laughs> oh my god! Also, just to reassure you, I will never just go in your room and stand. <laughs> you, you've done it to me before. <laughs> Shut myself. Oh, my dirty secret airing. <laughs> Why are you making me sound like a fucking creep? <laughs> well, it wasn't really you. This, that was really me. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> I'm pretty scary all around. Um, but yeah, no, like, I, I'm very thankful I haven't had night terror, like a proper one. Like, the idea of being paralyzed and then, like, seeing a scary thing is awful. <laughs> it's like... my, mine have all been quite. Uh quite abstract terrifying but abstract mm. um and you know well i knew i was having a night terror at the time yeah. but i and i but i actually don't think you are actually awake when they happen no i think you're it's somewhere in between in where between. You, yeah but also i i i don't know it <laughs> could be an actual witch <laughs> it could be a witch in your room um but yeah spooky oh yeah no and actually um one of the things that i, I failed to mention is the fedora specifically 
Um, they realize obviously it's like Freddy Krueger wears a fedora, mm-hmm. and so maybe this is where the Hat Man sort of like monster comes from. But I mean, I think there are legends of the Hat Man before Freddy, so I mean, I think these things all lend from each other, don't they? Yeah, um, but I, maybe it's Fedora the Explorer, <laughs> <laughs> just lost and hiding in corners. Yeah. <laughs> If you're enjoying Bloody Mary, please subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends.